Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. So anyway, I'm not yeah. here, like I'm not interested. Like I, I mean, I'm fine with doing so. Just just not right now because it's like there's things I'd rather talk about at the moment. For sure, yeah. And what I was trying to drive towards is that uh, when we I mean, personally, since I don't, I, I I reject free will as a as a concept, and I didn't realize it was kind of running my subconscious in a way that I can look back on past writings and see how often I use the word free will unnecessarily. Like, why did I put the word free in front of it? It wasn't even enhancing the content of what I was trying to deliver. Yeah, like you could have just said will, but you said free will. Exactly. And what I was really trying to make is that the, the space where we can control, which, like I said, is uh, more along our behavior and our uh, attitude. As, aside from that, like it's, it's very difficult for me to accept that we aren't just deterministic mechanisms that are bound to wind into all of the eventualities that are going to be occasioned to well, us based on our ability to perceive. Like the term agency for that person. Yeah, that might be a better way to put it too. Agency. Well, yeah. So my understanding of of like free will in the sense that like I I guess I accept people talking about it. Is oh, like, for sure. For sure. It, it's yeah. My understanding of that right is is like a means for the agency to decide independently of the environment, and I see no evidence of that. So I don't accept free will. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I tracked that. Yeah, like I, I, I think free will is silly, but um, yeah. th- w- what I wanna, what I wanna talk about, which is I think just way more like, I don't know, it's it's just like really interesting to say this because it's like something that I think is pretty, it, it's pretty indicative of like my behavior lately. So for example, <laughs> me and Instinct seem to right we seem to disagree on like politics and i really would like to talk to him get the fuck back here and sink you fucking terrorist Stop. <laughs> you know fucking horrible person get the fuck back here get the fuck back Dude, i tried to here talk to him about or I bailed on me so fast <laughs> uh let's i will revoke your citizenship <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he doesn't want to talk about concrete things. Yeah, politics is is a thing that is uh, contentious as fuck. No, no, no. Okay, but so this is so this so this is my point, right? I really want to talk to InSync about politics. I've not tried to do so intentionally, even though I really <laughs> super want to, and I'll tell you why. Because like we have been focusing a lot and. Lately, I've been focusing a lot on discussions that are more foundational. And so because I recognize that, like, those conversations that are foundational, like, will need to be had if we are to talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense to, like, do that first. Uh, and- I think it it stands to reason that it should come after because it's, like, courting complexity when you don't really need to before the basics are figured out. Like, if you can get the basics figured out, you will be able to navigate your way through the complexity that politics presents in a way that both parties are understanding what each other's meaning or trying to mean. And then the, the political conclusions that you can derive from that discourse would be much less contentious and far more conducive to collaboration than competition, let's say. No, but I'm, I'm a little, like, I, I guess, so... Are you like like you kind of at least for me you kind of cut out a bit and I'm curious like are you suggesting that like one should or should not start with the foundation that you should start with the foundation and okay then, good good yeah yeah and I totally okay I totally I, I thought you were saying like <laughs> you should talk about more of the like like general like like political um idea and then like g- work backwards to those foundations and I, I generally that, like, like to talk policy and then deconstruct from them yeah but like I think that 
for people that I consider particularly valuable, I don't like to do that because like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I just don't want to like, I, I, I don't really want to like, like if I think that they're like valuable enough to have like a very established foundation and I reason that like, we'll like have to get to that point inevitably, then like, why would I not just want to like cut to the chase, so to speak, and just like talk about the foundation? And think you're a terrorist. <laughs> I I am interested in finding out strategies to work backwards from politics, but it's generally not the way that I would prefer to start. Only because uh, people are are not necessarily experts at what they think. And actually, dude, my experience is that. Like in a good way, that sort of shuts people down pretty, pretty like fast. So, a, a good example, right, is like I've had plenty of people like talk to me about like 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 talk to me about wanting to engage in political discussions. Mm-hmm. So then I'll like start talking about like what their models of ethics are, and because they don't have any, like it just basically like stops the conversation. Yeah, um, yeah. Which that's why I find it productive to work backwards. Hmm. What do you want to elaborate there? Uh, well, most people, most laymen, that is, attempt to engage in political discussion actually don't have any idea what they're talking about. And so, what you have to do with them is you have to ask them um, a position, and they'll give you an intuitive answer, and you then work backwards from there and try to establish a foundation. Yeah, 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 but that's hold on now. That's like with people I don't value as much, which I've said, like yeah, it's like a whole lot of bullshit. Also, like I like I've said that I've said that with people I don't value as much, like that I'm willing to do that, but like I'm not willing to do that with people that I value more. That's just what I have the most experience with, so it's generally. No, no, no. I understand because, like, I've I've done that like a lot as well. I just mean like in terms of like how I behave with relation to like different types of people. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity deconstructionist. <laughs> I think it's, if, you're val- if you're valuable, then you should be able to withstand it, right? So, um, would you say that like you help a person kind of walk to their foundation, or do you like start to kind of provide suggestions as well, to what they find? Well, I take what they think they know, and then I demonstrate what they do not know, and then I give them a reading list, usually. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, that, that I can see how that could work, too. Yeah. How, yeah, how does other, that work for me, man? Wait, wait, the, the, other point, the other point I was just going to make quickly is that the reason I've been doing that less is because it's, like, not as, like, worth my time. <laughs> it is. I found that it's generally, like, assigning homework. And the most interested people will do it, but uh, I mean, it is a way to almost weed out the riffraff. Or it's, it's I mean, if, like... they're, if they're not willing to to do the reading, then I'll I'll discuss the ideas with them in brief. But that works too. So I, I get no. I I become more of an asshole in that regard. Like <laughs> if like if I present like a study, and like somebody isn't willing to like like at least like look at it to some extent then like i like i don't consider them like of of like much value in general and um Dark, result, you're, you're just the high caliber it, <laughs> but, but but like but like as a, as a result um then the discussion shifts like because i think this may be a more valuable discussion at that point to like why don't you want to do this yeah, yeah. no I, I do like getting into those reasons actually yeah. Pretty much. Uh, you usually get that way either, either way you get there. Yeah. Well, so there are plenty of cases where my lack of, like, personal tact, I guess, helps. Insofar as, like, I'll, like, totally blindside people sometimes just because of, like, my normal behavior. When mm-hmm. I'll, like, argue against, I'll, like, argue against, like, somebody not doing their homework. Like, like reading up on an idea I think they should. Uh-huh. And then, and then, like, I'll finish that off by like saying that they have 
you know, that maybe they have genital warts or something. <laughs> like, like that will be the conclusion, even though like it's not, it doesn't logically follow, but yeah. it, it, it's like a good way to like get people's attention. Well, it punctuates it with a indelible. Yeah, memory. exactly, exactly. That's no, I like that actually. It it stands to reason. Are useful, or, or like I'll say, listen. So this directly explains exactly what we're talking about, right? And if you're not willing to look at it, then I will fucking deport you. <laughs> <laughs> and and like a lot of times it works. They're like, well, I don't want to get deported, so I better read up on this. I, I mean, because like they, they sort of just just like completely get blindsided because they totally don't expect that. Yeah, and yeah. that makes it more memorable, and then they're more likely to read it as a result. It's it's not a bad strategy. So what I think I've heard you uh explain what your politics are briefly in the past. Uh something about I think it was something with socialism in it. Uh, my politics? Disgusting. Yeah. Um, well, so to be clear, yeah, I mean, I'm a socialist in a sense, but, like, I have a lot of, like, uh, political views that I guess kind of come together to, to different extents. So okay. Okay. I, I'm very technocratic, meaning, like, I think that if there's a science committee, right, Scientists mm -hmm. should be on the science committee. <laughs> um, okay. okay. Uh, I am. Uh, I would probably describe myself as a market socialist. So, like, I believe the government should be directly involved in business, and I believe that. Um, I believe that um, markets are like really useful and good. Okay. And then, and how um, do you define government? Oh, um, how do I define government? Yeah, like uh, either it's purpose, role, function, or uh, definition. Any any of that would work for me. My so my view is that a government should be the I I suppose I would say the societal manager of of my of enforcing my ethical model. Like that's that's how I would define an ideal government. Okay. Um, uh, but 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 anyhow, uh, the thing that holds it that is a rule, like maker or referee to the market. Yeah, but not just that. Like also to have direct involvement. As so well. it's, it's like actually yeah. producing. Products. Yeah, like I'm not a social. I'm not like a social democrat, for example. Okay. Um. But 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 like. Well, okay, I could talk about like why that is later, but more importantly, um, I'm also extremely, I'm also extremely like left anarchist. Okay. okay. So to so to explain what that means, right? Say you want to establish like a system of authority, right? Okay. That has to meet, that has to meet a burden, like a rigorous burden of proof, if such an authority is to be established. Otherwise, it's illegitimate. Okay. Um let's see what else. I'm very I'm very socially libertarian insofar as like I think that people should like be able to do whatever they want, like unless they're harming somebody. And of course, like you know my, my view of harm. Yes. At least the principles. So, I I have familiarity with what you're meaning by it. Yes. Yeah, but so, I don't so know. Those are really. like general political terms that would apply to me and then when you're describing all this would you say that this is um this is the worldview the political worldview or, or let's say let me say it that differently the aspect of your worldview that we could call politics that best describes what you're yeah so so like if my ethical model is how i think people should treat each other then i think politics is how we ought to govern Okay, so it's an expression of how we ought to treat each other because, like, governance is like it, like, you need people to have governance. Well, are you suggesting that your ethical model is the ethical model? Or I'm a suggesting that model? I think my ethical model is the best ethical model that I have come across. 
Okay. And it's not just for you. It would be applicable to all humans. Yeah. I, I, okay. would, like, I believe that. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to understand. understand. Because mm-hmm. it does it sound, sound to me like, like you're describing the the way it would look from the inside out to live in a world that you would call perfect. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, I don't like really have like utopian ideas of like, like, like it being realistic to achieve such a state, but I do think things could be significantly better. Right. Um, we, right. we should make a distinction that these are philosophical, like, like points of advocacy. They're not necessarily things that would be, uh, utilitarianistically shoot that was way too long a thing that we could utilize in present day form i mean i think my now i will say like just to be clear i do think my ethical model is like very useful in like present day but i don't think that um i don't think like you could achieve a state of like everybody following it like to a t i like i'm not convinced of that okay and it would have to be translatable to all languages and have an ability to be kind yeah. of reduced to like five-year-old understandings well i mean it's a like it's just a it's just like a logical like structure based off of my values you know right but that's the that's the point where i think a lot of us kind of tend to overstate what it is that we think would work ideally is that unless we can explain it to a five-year-old it's not really going to scale up from there because until you can get your ethical model to be the one that kids are using in the preschool setting, it's going to be too complex for the human species to adapt and modify Yeah, in terms of how it's, hold on, in terms of how it's um, utilized in either A, present day, or in B, the kids of present day growing up and evolving with it and then using it still in the way that you're intending it presently. Mm-hmm. So um, that there's no room for misinterpretation is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, the way I like describe it more simply, right, is I'll say like I my ethical model promotes autonomy including social mobility. So, and you think that children should have autonomy and social mobility? To an extent, yeah. And that extent would need to be enumerated in a way that is not overly complex so that they would be able to keep in mind how it is that they could operate their yeah. ethical system. I mean, like, yeah, so, like, you construct you construct a system and then, like, you can find ways of, like, trying to, like, simplify explaining parts of it. Um, I think that, I think that, like, one way to, like, explain the whole of it in like a a simple way as well is to say like you you should like do what you want as long as you're not hurting somebody and i mean that's like that's an extremely basic way because there's so many things to qualify but like (laughs) you can do that to like say establish like a base in a very limited sense but it's like an effective tool for communication Somewhat, and that's why I make the distinction that most of what we could even qualify as relevant to the usefulness of today is at best philosophically sound. It's rarely ever even going to reach that level of um, like what you would call an an authoritarian standard uh, that's deserving of that title. Like, I think you establish the principles, right? And then you use you use like the scientific method to say like establish to the best of your ability what what actually like meets those principles again to the best of your ability and you base your positions off that in terms of like what you support with policies but what do you do with people that don't even understand what science is then i mean you try to show them but you know, of course, you still have to push what you believe. At least that's what I do. Okay. Okay. Like, I, I'm sure that there are people, maybe mentally ill, that don't accept, like, like, or that don't, um, like, that may have some very unorthodox views when it comes to, like, murdering people, right? 
But, I mean, I'm still going to push for people not murdering each other, regardless of whether or not they personally understand. And I may also try to educate them, because that's also useful. But, like, I'm going to, like, tell them, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to push for the thing I believe in. I can see that there's definitely, um, it's under development, what it looks like, what you're presenting. Uh... Like, are you, are you familiar with, like, the Zeitgeist Movement or the Venus Project? Um, you gotta have a slogan for your ethical model, man. <laughs> like, I've, I've, heard, I've heard those terms, particularly the, uh, the Venus Movement, but I don't know about it extensively. They sound like, they sound like pro probably more tightly knit versions or bundles of what you're talking about. And... I don't even think that they have it all together, but they're far more detailed sketches of what a person that holds the ethics that you do would want to advocate in the present day while trying to maintain philosophical consistency. Yeah. I mean, I like, I haven't looked at their, their work, but um, I, I think that, so long as I have like the principles, I can try to use those to the best of my ability to establish what I think is the best course of policy. Right. So are you saying you would take like a direct uh, approach in government? What do you mean by the policy making, like all the legislative acts and... Oh, I should also say like, I'm also a proponent of democracy. Okay. Okay. Um, but like, like in the limited extent that like I view it as a means of regulation. Uh, like mob rule. Yeah. Like I want to avoid that. Cause I don't trust like the average person. Right. I don't know why you'd want democracy. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's democracy, <laughs> like in the sense of the process of, of democracy, but within like, like the process I'm describing is like confined within a limited state. Yeah, man, there's a lot of good thinking to to still be done there. And you don't get to do this kind of stuff when you have boring views. <laughs> Everybody's got some boring views at least. But I have to get there in my fucking worldview and like What'd you say, Anson? I said everybody's got at least some boring views. Yeah, but most of my views are pretty boring, I would say. I would think that the, the way that we recognize what is going to be the most off-putting truth in the world is based on its boredom factor. Is it the most boring thing you've ever heard of? Maybe it's really true then. Well, I mean, it, it's boring in the sense that everybody already knows what it is. Right. Yeah, like the most obvious stuff is, it's so obvious that we end up kind of phasing it out of our attention. I mean, like, look at my roles, and, and you probably would imagine that you have a pretty good idea of what it is that I would advocate. Yeah, let me see. Uh... They're all very well-established intellectual traditions. Yeah, man, I, I've been trying to figure out uh, if I'm a centrist and, or not, and I haven't been able to like, fully get well, on board uh, with it. The Antifa supporter called me a centrist. I suppose I am. Uh, <laughs> my anarchism, uh, I, I had to pick that one because I'm, I'm trying to put forward an idea called panarchism, which essentially opens up the entire political spectrum and economic spectrum to the free market. And you could kind of opt in or out of jurisdictions. So and Kapistan? Uh, I mean, that would be a, a subset of this. Like, I, I personally think that there should be no conflict between ANCAP and ANCOM and anything in between. They just seem like different voluntary strategies uh, for different economic models.
All right. But I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of nuance to bicker over. It's just. So where would someone with my roles fit into your system? Uh, I, you would essentially be kind of exactly as you are. Like the idea is that there wouldn't even really need to be anything other than a back door out of all governments that people could be made aware of that they could, you know, undermine the authority of the state. Uh, well, that's where I would, I would kind of, we would have to establish what it is that the authority of the state is actually, uh, I guess, sovereign over. So if it's sovereign over well, its citizens. Well, generally it's, it's sovereign over all of its citizens, which includes, generally speaking, everyone in a geographic. Right. And there's like a, a really, I don't really know the argument that well, but um, the idea behind citizenship and uh, kind of trying to find a way out of it and into one's own sovereignty. So that well, you'd have to leave the geographical area of the state to do. I I think that's the presumption that this argument tries to address because it's an old one that I'm not too familiar with anymore. But the idea is that if it was okay for the founding fathers to essentially uh, perform an act of treason against the crown, then that same act would be something that would be available to anyone in the present governmental systems. No. Why not? Because that was because that was an effort to establish a nation. That wasn't a bunch of people saying we anarchy now. There's a difference. Well, have you heard of the the uh, right of self determination? Isn't the difference somewhat subjective though? Yeah, uh, it might be, but it's a difference. I mean, it's not really a difference. It depends on who's saying it. What gets said. And at the highest levels of government, like if well, I mean, I'm talking about I'm talking about like uh, political legitimacy, right? Like if you write into like the uh, United Nations, essentially, which I mean, is that the government of all governments in your opinion? Um, it's the ideal. Yeah, the nation state is the ideal. No, no, the law, the United Nations. Oh, the United States. Oh, no, no, we, United uh, Nations. Oh, the United Nation. No, the United Nation. In theory, maybe, but in practice, that's not true. A uh, visionary. Right. I, I just want to mention quickly that I am a globalist as well. Like it's yeah, not, like the United Nations is, is essentially um, a club where all the nations hang out and talk diplomacy. Right, right, and so, uh, like, basically, we'd all have to get down into the standards of what it means to be a nation, what the minimum requirements are. And if you were able to meet those requirements as a small group, as a micronation, as I think they're called. Uh, um, yeah, sure. But you'd, you'd have to be able to garner enough political legitimacy and force to sustain that. But sure. Yeah, it's, it's essentially being really good at uh, capitalism. <laughs> and if, you could, if one could muster such a, a map, as it were, out of being a citizen, the pursuit of sovereignty would be available as a politically viable alternative to citizenship and diplomatic immunity would essentially be the output of that. I don't think that would work if you allowed every individual. It's not for every individual. That's the thing. I'm not arguing for every individual. So who's like it it's for? literally just for like people like Elon Musk types, like the top of the top, the people that are actually going to need to take risks for the species and kind of be, left into their own experimental chambers of cause and effect and whatever. So is this for like corporations then? Uh, I imagine some corporations would be interested in this. Uh, I don't even personally see my own self needing something like this and no, no time in the near future, but I think it, it's a viable alternative to everyone plays by the same rules because we just don't know how to differentiate between the genius level strata of humanity which is actually one of the things that really helps help, helps bring the bottom uh the bottom rungs of poverty up from gosh i'm saying this so wrong it minimizes the amount of people that are subjected to poverty 
is essentially what I'm trying to say. Well, what's, what's inherently wrong with poverty? I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it, but it, it is just a, it's a direction as it were that if it were a, a little known alternative to the way that people run their businesses and start to find ways to be accountable and responsible to maybe that United Nations strata, that, that club, uh, that those people, they're, they're all doing what they want anyway. And it's under the pretense that we think that they're all following the rules. But quite literally, rules are just things that humans write down. Well, I mean, in the, in the international sphere, might right. Yeah, very true. And so someone that was able to get to that level of, um, I guess, it, it's kind of like a, a respect that people end up achieving either through like follower count and fan base or monetary, like purchasing power. Uh, all of these like accumulation of resources, the, the game is shifting and the way that the political game has been played in the past is either in the near future, within the next decade, going to need to look into how it's going to accommodate all these shifts, all the way that, we interact online the ways that we um interact interact internationally the potential for like what i would call space capitalism uh all this off-world exploration is this is the stuff that's starting to become potentiated to our minds as a species and if we were able to find a way to somewhat charge a new uh you know set sail off the edge of the earth kind of thing like Columbus is the only one that's coming to mind, but I don't want to say Columbus. Uh, but the new frontier of space, it, it seems as though the abundance that uh, movements like the Venus Project and the Zeitgeist Movement, globalist-type unity projects, uh, that there's a... Why do we think that globalism is inherent? Why do we think that... Yeah, why are we progressives for globalism? I don't really think we need to be, but in the same way that the the internet has like a, a globally recognized language, like hypertext transfer protocol, HTTP, that in and of itself is signifying what I'm trying to gesture at. That there there is going to be a a continuity of informational understanding that all countries end up having as Yeah, maybe, but why do we need globalism? I don't think we need globalism per se. I just think that there needs to be a, a spectrum of humanity that's globally conscious. Why? Why? That's like that's like by definition globalism. Yeah. Why? Why do we need this globalism? Uh, because the planet is essentially in a it, it's it's in an environment that is not necessarily friendly to uh, life. All ninety nine percent of the, the cosmos is hostile to human life or life itself. Yeah. And unless, unless we were like, I mean, are you familiar with like Graham Hancock, Randall Carter? No. Like there's, I don't know exactly how to slice into this topic, but the, the comet, uh, comet impact, what are they called? <laughs> Extinction level events. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Those things are, are, they're far more hazardous than they are publicly acknowledged, but yes, they are also um, avoidable. If we take a, a considerable effort, even just like a, a one corporation taking an interest in such a thing, potentially, you know, yeah. yeah, it would it would just be better than not. Yeah, yeah, but why do we need globalism? Hold on, I don't. So, I'm not trying to argue for globalism, to be honest. I mean, I would it, absolutely. It sounds like you argue. are. I would absolutely argue for globalism. Why do we um, need globalism? Because I think we need global integration, which is like at its base the definition of globalism. Why? Because I think people have to work together since we have to increase our power. But and competition like increases power much more efficiently than um, cooperation. No, I, I don't accept that. 
What about cooperation? Okay, I mean, you can you can not accept that, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, like I don't accept that that's true. In fact, I wrote a 12 page argument on globalism that you can read if you'd like. All right, well, then tell me why did, um, why is it that European nations were able to compete with each other and through that competition grow strong enough to conquer nations that were not in this running competition? I like, I don't accept that premise. You don't think that competition played any role in the I, European like, domination? I don't accept role? In your example of European nations, like I, I think that, that that premise is like based on the idea that like other governments were not competing against each other, which it's I just well, don't not, think it's not same intensity as the war in Europe. Yeah, I mean I I, I don't really accept that. All right. Well, where else? No, I'm, I'm very interested. Where, where was this happening? So, I think that, like, okay, when I say you have to qualify a lot of things, I'm into, like, what, what specific, like, time time period are you talking I'm, about? I'm talking about the, like, colonialism. the 1400s through to the 1700s. The late 1800s? No, the, the late 1400s. Oh, well, I mean... Europe was a, a crucible of war. Sure, but, like, that's... So, Each nation was looking for an edge on the other. It pushed, pushed innovation incredibly fast. So, Crambo, I mean, Crambo, can I ask? I you mean, something? that that was like the time, like that was, like, I, I'm like, my mind is like going like right to the Mongols. <laughs> well, well, this was after that. But, but, you know. So, so Crambo, um, would you say that um, competition is a is a type of cooperation? No. Okay, like. Would I, I, let me try. I mean, everyone benefits from competition, but it's not cooperative. Okay, uh, that might be what I'm trying to say. Then, like, yeah, it, there's mutual benefit from competition, but that's not the main intent. Okay, it, it just happens to be a consequence. Yeah, I think, and so, um, dark which Master. is why competition is a much more efficient engine for progress. I I think I agree for the most part, but yeah. I I. I see that there is a way to almost. Um, I mean, like, like states. I, I just want to be clear. Like, unified not, and have no rivals. And I, I want to be clear. Discourage though. competition, like say the Chinese Empire or the Soviet Union. You see very little innovation. Right, I agree with that. Um, so I think we. I, I should be clear. I don't think. Okay, I I don't think that like, like. So, I think you can have the process of globalism and still like a lot for a lot of competition on the individual level. Um, I, like, I don't think it'll be as fierce as an entire nation fighting for their survival, like we had in Europe in the Enlightenment era. I think that though the extent to which like that would work would like violate my ethical model. Maybe, um, but but the I mean the result is that. For several hundred years, it, also I just want to mention just to get back to a previous point, like the UN dynasty in China, like that's around the time you were talking about, like it started. Uh, when I refer to the Chinese Empire, I'm talking about like from. No, no, no! I'm talking about the Mongols. Dude. Yeah, I know, I know, I know about the UN. Um, and they they in, were involved in that. I mean, it's twelve hundred. It's like late twelve hundreds to like mid. I'm sorry, to like um, it to like almost late uh, or to almost late fourteen hundred. I believe yeah, it's yeah. I believe it's twelve twelve uh seventy one to uh uh thirteen uh sixty eight. Yeah, the period of time that I'm talking about is like fourteen fifty to eighteen hundred. Let me ask you guys, you guys this like. I think I might have my question I was trying to answer or ask. Would you say that cooperation is in competition with competition? 
You can't simultaneously cooperate and compete, yes. Uh, wait a second, hold on. Um, yeah, I don't accept that either. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, because what I see cooperation or the strategy of cooperation as signifying is that in order for it to outcompete the model that competition is running on right now, uh, it would have to be better then. And so it's, it's, it's like necessarily in a dance with competition, whether it wants to compete or not. I mean, the only the only reason the the only role that cooperation plays in in um ad, in advancement really is uh, facilitating of trade, which is a form of competition in its right, and forming larger alliances for larger stakes. I mean, so okay, I th this is this is what I said at the beginning of this, right? Like these sorts of discussions need lots and lots and lots of qualifiers. So what yeah. I think, right, is that um, I think you can compete and that comp that competition is good within certain senses, right? So like two parties or more are like competing on like a certain, in, in in a certain sense of like maybe trying to like outdo one another like on a certain objective right and that can be like a motivating factor right but mm -hmm. i think that like those two parties or more can compete and also like work together in like other senses as well i mean literally like that's that like that that is literally what people do all the time in say like university i yeah I, that's I, true but the, the fact of the matter is that you can't have a cohesive structure within which you have the type of fierce competition that I'm describing. I, I... mutually exclusive for the French and the Germans and the British and the Spanish. But, but I think the competition... Kill each other and genocide each other and, sure. and so be fighting for their lives order to drive progress on their end and have them be cohesive yeah but i think the type of progress like i think the type of competition you're describing is like crippling well i mean the results speak for themselves i the, i the don't agree most quickly advancing period in human history no i think the most advancing period in human history is the one we're currently in like if we look at the rate of change that's increased yeah, significantly. Um, all that, all that's like, changed, all that has changed from then to now, is that the the competition is just as fierce. It's just moved to the economic realm as opposed to the military realm, which is a better, place, a better for place for it. Um, um possibly, yeah. possibly, yeah. I I, I think I, it's I a think sublimated it's place. place. I don't actually no. I actually I don't agree. I don't. I'm like I guess again it would depend what we mean, but like. I think that like there's a lot of like economic stability that like, like yeah, yeah. is not like like that there that is not in competition and like that's a good thing. Well, what do you mean by that? So, like, what like are you talking about the lack of uh, economic? Uh, um, I mean, stability sorry. in like stability in the market is driven by. The amount of healthy competition like a monopoly is an unhealthy market it's not stable so or the more um competition there is in a market yeah yeah okay but no no, no. let's, let's talk is. about hold on let's talk about yeah. the exact premise right so say you could have a monopoly in the sense of like one entity controlling something right yeah just and like one human or one group? One uh, corporation. Group, right? But like, okay, okay. but, but like, but, oh, okay. But like, you could have that, right? And that, that one group could operate on like an ethical framework. And then Maybe, you could, you could yeah. have, you could have competition like within what that group allows. So to like promote progress. Well, how? How would you do that? Because, I mean... Be because because the group avoid, control is also for competition. So what you're describing there sounds to me like 
what I, what I keep hearing from both of you actually is what sounds like co-opetition and a like, mix. Like the, the idea is that if you're already winning, to up your game like you're not you don't need to compete when you're the only game in town that that's why that's no 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 hold on there's a distinction to be made between the in quotes only game in town right and like the so, so there's a distinction between that and um uh having uh and having control hmm so like you can control something and there can be others like there can be other people competing to do stuff but if you're in control control you still don't need to to up your game that's the point where you just maintain what you're doing which is unhealthy no I, i i don't agree i mean i think stability is extremely important your your overall stability is generated conflict the overall stability can generate conflict and it can do so in an intelligent way that furthers the progress of people. Well, give me an example as to how this would work. I mean, I, I did so with the university example, right? So the university in this case would be the overall like control group that like yeah. forces people to do x right um like it makes sure people don't go out of certain parameters however within that like it allows and in some cases encourages a lot of competition because like that can be a good motivating determinant well what if your parameters are limiting if there's a problem so if there's a problem with the parameters, then those need to be addressed. But like, I think you can do it where there's like not any. I mean, institutions like that take on inertia of their own. Like, I accept that you can have large institutions that can incur power, but I also think that said institutions are the best means of achieving a lasting stability. Insofar as we would need a variety of these institutions that are independent from each other with different frameworks. I think no, I think you would need no no, I think you would need like a variety of checks on said institution, but I wouldn't say that you need like different institutions. I think that'd be the mistake. I like the reason we were able to cure polio is because of having like an overall sense of integration. By the way, I should be clear too, globalism itself isn't an argument for one world government. It's just an argument for um, global integration. Okay. What's the difference? Because integration doesn't entail uh, unified governance. Like what, economic integration? Uh, integration in general, not just economic. Yeah, but not political. I was actually going to talk about there's being there's like a second there's like a second um, definition of globalism that's like a sub definition under integration, and uh, that does refer to economics. But even well, in what, that, it doesn't. Well, what play. globalism would suggest would be political. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be political. Uh, integration. Yeah, that would be a one world government. But but it's not but 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 globalism doesn't like simply suggest that right like like so that's a result of it but that's not like globalism itself globalism is simply global integration like at its base well that, well, that result is undesirable no I I don't agree like I view in in like more simplistic terms I view us as like on a rock like going around a star that's like that the star itself has like gone around the galaxy twenty plus times right. Like, I don't think we have, like, we don't have the luxury of, like, fighting amongst ourselves to, like... It, it's not a luxury, it's a tool. It's how we've gotten to where we are. Y- yeah, but I reason, don't, right, but I don't accept it's a good tool, man. mankind even got to the moon was because the United States and Russia were fighting. But, like, yes, I, this is where I think what, what I'm trying to suggest with panarchism is the acceptance of everything as it is to not do anything other than change our minds about the way we're looking at it. Because I, I do see everything that we've achieved in this present, uh, 
if we want to call it economic or political uh, climate, they are they are things that, like you said, are fundamentally tools that have led us to the ability to even talk about whether or not we should tinker with the structures that have arrived us here. And I don't personally think that anything other than micro adjustments to the overall system would be advantageous to our species because, uh, I mean, I don't know enough about like supply and demand chains and the way that like we would need to get food from one place of the world to another, or if localization would be the advantageous route there and everywhere across the globe that can instantiate some type of like some, let's just say a vertical farm protocol. It would probably help. It would probably help. It would possibly help. But at the same time, then it comes into into question, like how everyone is going to even go about building such a thing before other people like come up with a better idea and you have to update that plan. And then before you know, you're in a space where you're just constantly updating plans and not doing any action. So, um, so like I, I, I personally get like bottomed out in terms of what action steps could be taken that would be global and not contentious at all. I, I think humanity itself like is inherently predisposed to trend toward globalism. But what I want to say is that also just quick note, globalism, like the process started at least like 10,000 years ago, but more importantly, um, uh, it's, it's weird because like, I, I really wish that like I was like less tired um, in this conversation, but I think maybe a result of that, maybe lately I've just had a keen interest on this like document that I've been writing, and like like a significant less interest in discussing things like that are less like fundamental. Um, I I would definitely though encourage you guys to like read my argument, which I could send to you if you want. Yeah, I definitely dig your paper, man. And I think uh, hashing out these kinds of political differences, especially with someone like, uh, shoot, man, I forgot uh, screen name. Uh, Crambo. Uh, yeah. I appreciate a lot of the, the positions you hold because I, I view them as, they're, they're like a mature assessment of what is presently working, if I could state it like that. Um, it's, but that's also not to negate the impulse or inclination that you, Dark Master, have in terms of what changes and adaptations you are looking to also, aim at. I guess as a general point, I'd also like to say that I think the nation state, like if we're purely advocating for like competition, I think the nation state, like, stri- like I, I think it stifles that in like a lot of cases as well. Um, How? So, how because like a nation state right can stifle competition within the nation state um, you're right they can the ones that do tend to fit sure sure but like my my point is is so like you can totally have like a globally integrated system and also have competition at the same time, the competition that's most productive. That's so, so I think the, that, that would be the, the summary, optimum, I guess, of my view. Are you saying something like the optimum competition that emerges out of the act of competition or the process of competition? Mm-hmm. In, insofar as like the global system goes, like I think that, for example, right in the age of like nuclear weapons and climate change, etc., like I think globalism, as Einstein put it, is like an absolute necessity. Well, I'd say that if you're all part of the same overall framework, then what you you don't really have any real consequences to bring to bear. Um. No, I don't. As a result of your competition, and so there's not. No, 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 no. Motivation. Huge, huge, fat, strong. No, I, I don't accept that because the framework can allow for consequences in competition. Insofar as like the university can allow for like huge personal consequences if like I don't compete well, right? So I'll give you a very easy example within the framework of the university. 
I had to be like the best in my class or like among the best in order to get lots of money. If I didn't do that, I would have huge financial consequences. And the framework was still there. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but anyway, um, no, I do see that point. I think that uh, that wouldn't scale up well. I do, but, but like, I, I do I question how it would scale. It scale. Because but, historically, the, the, the consequences for failing at competition has been domination, enslavement, annexation, raising of the land, um, humiliation, things like that. Things like well, so I think we have to make a distinction, right? So stuff like that happened and stuff like that was unethical. But the thing is, is like you can have fierce competition and not have that. Like when the universe... I don't know that you can have fierce competition without fierce consequences. Without fierce what? Yeah. Consequences. Okay. Oh, no, but, but, but I'm saying that like fierce consequences, like they don't have to include those things, right? Well, those are what have historically worked. No, I, I wouldn't like I would say that they haven't worked in the long run. So I would disagree with you on that. Um, I think that you can have in terms of like, like the most productive system, you can have competition with like severe consequences. I just obviously don't think that those consequences have to also be unethical. Which, which is the distinction I'm making, but I'm, I'm, I, like, and I guess I, I totally apologize. Um, and I, I can let you guys, I guess, talk more if you want. But like, um, my, my real interest right now is um, establishing like parts of logic. Yeah. In, in terms of the political discussion, or just the fundamentals oh. of. In terms of my my document, and, ah, and so I, gotcha. I was also interested in getting input from like uh, you, visionary on that. Do you, you want to pivot to that? Or, and Cranboat, are you fine with that? Because I don't actually have a resolution to this. I it's something I'm still presently thinking through. Uh, I, I yeah. just end by saying that the Westphalian nation state is the most effective framework that we have established as humans to this point. I, I, I think I agree with that. Um, I'm sorry, what state? Apologies. The, um, the, the Westphalian-style nations. So basically like America. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I was mistimed. <laughs> and and I, I'm not... I, um, America I mean, is a special nation. We're different. Well, we, we enshrined a certain aspect of individual sovereignty in a way that helps people. Um, oh, and, it, and it's vastly superior. I, I mean, yeah, I don't have that experience from living in other countries, but I, I share that same thing. I'm, I'm going to call it bias, but, but oh, I don't mean that pejoratively. Really? Well, okay. I mean, if you, I'd be willing to have that discussion with you if you'd like. Well, no, just in terms of it's it's more of a statement that like you and I both don't know what it's like to be born and raised in another country. No, but we can definitely look at the results. Sure, and for our our purposes, our preferences, our standards, even I I think we would both come to very similar conclusions. Uh, my point is is really along the lines of there there is at least in my point of view a conceivable respect that I could accommodate to like I don't know what it's like to grow up in Sweden or Europe or Germany or any of these yeah I mean I don't know what it's like to, to Muslim world but I know it's inferior to being a woman in the western world true and I, I wouldn't want to be one a woman a woman raised in the Middle East at all yeah so I mean you don't you don't we need to make a distinction experience something to be able to pass a judgment on uh, in like uh, uh, Middle East, like for example, the largest Muslim countries, like in Asian. Uh, well, they're not in the Middle East. I I know, which is why I'm saying we should make that distinction. 
Very true. Um, uh, but, 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 yeah, no, I mean, like, my position, right, is to, like, I, I really, like, okay, so I, I don't I don't necessarily agree on that, and, like, I'm interested to talk about that. I'm just more interested in talking about this, because, like, I'm interested to know, like, um, like, this is what I've been thinking about quite a bit lately, right? Like, what would be the base definition of, like, mathematics insofar as describing the function that mathematicians do insofar as describing the exclusivity? So, let me see. I'm going to look up mathematics real quick. I, I abstract just science of number, though. quantity, and space, either as abstract concepts or as applied to other disciplines such as physics and engineering. Like what I'm what I'm more getting at right so like like most definitions of like math that I think you'll find seem more to describe they seem more to describe uh what um uh they they describe the the academic uh relation Right, but they don't really describe the function. At least it seems that way to me. Do you mean like if they were to describe the way that a plus or multiplication symbol actually functions or operates? Like what I mean is that there's like a distinction between like the process of how you organize subjects insofar as what's best to teach versus like how you organize them insofar like what would be their logical function in relation to like other subjects. Mm -hmm. That might, I mean, to me, that's saying that's not really mathematics, that that's more philosophy, but I might be reading you wrong. You mean the definition of like um, math? Yeah, because what I would then think that you're getting at by what you just said is that you're you're looking to codify kind of the logic of math. Yeah, well, the reason I said what mathematicians do exclusively, right, is what are the qualities of the subject of math insofar as the function goes outside of outside of um uh what uh what other subjects so like if so okay math for example right focuses on logic in the same way that like psychology focuses on logic or like mm -hmm. like engineering focuses on logic right but mm -hmm. like the thing is is like you wouldn't say that like how you define those subjects is logic you would say that like logic right is like something they use in those but it's not an exclusive trait and I'm trying to like summarize what the exclusive traits are, like the the major ones that say may lead to more like specified exclusive traits. Um, what what those are? Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's that's like what I'm trying to come up with, like as a definition of math, so I can understand it. In, in my worldview best that's michael okay i'm gonna have to do on it because i'm i'm not sure that i let me let me spit this back out at you then uh i once watched a video that talked about the crisis of foundation in mathematics and i think it was a pbs space time video and what it went on to like describe in that video was that uh at the 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 axiom that supports mathematics is assumed and the axiom is logic is what they're pointing at but well, that they so, have no justification for logic yeah i mean but like so i have like i like i like i recognize right that math is derived from logic particularly like say the laws of thought Okay. But like, I I just I my my issue is like as I have written, I just don't really know where I would go from there. Yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's I, think I think where I've been kind of trying to make some connections so that I understand a little bit more of it there too. Because yeah, like I'm stuck, man, and 
<laughs> like, it's a, it's been, a weird space. I've actually been like a little fortunate in like finding people that um um so I found like this one person that studies the logic of math, which is like really foundational. But then there's this other area of math that people focus on, which is explicitly the foundation of math. And I've not been able to find anybody that like literally studies that. It's weird because it's either you're a mathematician and you ignore that and just do math or you're like a philosopher and you kind of want to, you want to know all the reasons that support why math is so goddamn powerful. Well, it's, well, it's, I think it's more like you have people that operate exclusively within like the, um, parameter or I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. you have people that operate, um, within like, like and do the exclusive traits of math. Mm -hmm. Right. But then like, within that you have people that focus on like the foundations of like why they do those exclusive traits and so that would be somebody in math that like focuses on the foundation in my mind that would be the best and i think i mean the person that i've found that that's closest is like matt or chris but uh aside from that like all that i would really be able to offer you ma'am is a conceptual check in terms of how we can visualize it that's literally all i'm good for <laughs> well do maybe some words about, do you want to yeah. talk about that after i grab something yeah dude let's do it okay sweet well so damn you cram for leaving how dare you not want to talk about the foundations of math this is on recording and it will be sent to your employer excuse me <laughs>